Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,297. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in sunny Athens, Tennessee, with a very special guest by the name of Betty Lou Parrish. Betty, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, indeed. I'm sitting on idle now. All right. We'll have some fun. Now, before we begin, happy birthday, young lady. I understand today's your birthday. Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, may I ask how old you are today? 17. 17. Oh my gosh. Now I'm trying to think back to 17. That was so long ago. I'm not so sure I can remember (laughs) much of 17 other than most of my day was spent trying to figure out how to get back into the ocean so I could go surfing. (laughs) If I could only bring that youth back and keep all the knowledge I have today, I think I'd be pretty well off, but uh, we all want to do that. But happy birthday. This is very special to have you on the show on your birthday. So happy 17. Very cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, before I give you an introduction and we talk about what you're doing with your life, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Betty? I sing in a choir. Cool. Is it a church choir or just a music choir with school? It is a high school honor choir. Oh, nice. So what kind of music do you typically sing and do you do you all perform in front of audiences? We do. We actually have a spring concert coming up in a few days, uh, about four days to be exact. <laughs> cool. And we we are going to state. Oh, wow. And we do a lot of live performances as far as music. We sing anything from seasonal to, oh, we sing a lot of pieces for Black History Month and everything. Well, very cool. I used to sing, but then this thing called puberty hit me and just destroyed my voice. So <laughs> my singing days ended in church uh, singing when I was a little kid, and then everything went to, into heck in a handbag, as they say. So uh, <laughs> I envy people that have great voices. So that sounds like a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Well, let me give you an introduction here, and we're going to talk about what you're doing with your life. Betty Lou Parrish is a Tennessee high school student who is passionate about vehicle restoration and is paving the way for young women in the restoration industry. She's part of the RPM Foundation Network and worked with her mentor, Kaylee Andrews from Levine Restorations, where she's been offered a summer internship and a full-time employment job upon graduation. Very, very cool. Betty lives with her parents and her grandfather, whom she works with on vintage cars, old tractors, and Airstream trailers. They attend car shows together and built a large shed where they're restoring a 1955 Packard Patrician, a 1934 Dodge sedan, and a 1929 Marmon Roosevelt, you're having fun with your papa, that's for sure. She's learned metal fabrication, painting, welding, mechanics, and is learning a whole lot more. She's teamed up with the RPM Foundation and will be one of the navigators for their X-Cup on the Great Race is coming up, which is very cool. I've heard a lot about that. Fresh off a spring break trip with her grandfather, where they visited restoration shops and museums. She and her grandfather have more trips planned this summer. So we'll learn about that. So we'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So please give them a little listen and we'll be right back. Buckle up. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. So, Betty, we are back. So I want to talk more about this passion you have for cars. And I want to start with where did this come from? At what age did you start to pay attention to old cars and want to hang out with your grandfather and Then, obviously, he gave us some inspiration to start working on cars. But where did this all begin? How old were you? I grew up around cars my entire life. And while I was living with my parents in Georgia, my grandparents were in Mississippi. And every summer, we'd come to stay with them. And while we were staying there, we would work on Airstreams together and build Airstreams with our bare hands. Wow. And when we would go back home... My dad always owned a shop of some sort, and I was always in that shop. I was his little grease monkey to say, <laughs> you cannot keep me away from grease, dirt, anything. If it was there and it was, I was able to touch it, it was in my mouth or all over me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this sounds like fun. And obviously with a family that's into shops and working on things, you had some mechanical inclinations. You know, this idea of working on Airstreams, 
at your grandfather's. Now, Airstream trailers are pretty cool, very retro, very unique in their their ways. Were you restoring, like taking an old one and restore it, or were you building Airstream-type trailers? What were you doing? It was a little bit of everything, but then again, this part of my past is kind of, shall I say, very vague because I was still a little young, but we would restore them or sometimes, if I'm not mistaken, we would take, I would, he mainly stuck me on rivets. <laughs> I hated it. Smart guy. <laughs> and sometimes we would, I think, build them, take big pieces of sheet metal and aluminum and everything and just curve it, rivet it together. The main thing I remember. Wow. Now, was your grandfather, was that his profession, his career by trade, or was that just something that was always a hobby of his? It was a hobby of his. He is an electrical engineer for Sea Ray. He's always worked on boats. He's always been in some sort of boating company. Very cool. Well, it sounds like he's handed down in his genetic code your ability to want to work on cars and your passion and the skill set. And let's kind of fast forward. When you got up to, let's say, high school, did your school have an auto shop or how did you start doing this more seriously? Or was it all about just working with your grandfather? I started high school here in Tennessee. This is where they had an automotive shop, but it was a small automotive shop. And how I mainly got into working with cars is we first bought my truck. And I just, I always wanted a first vehicle. And I wanted to make something that's unique, something that no one else has. So in order to do that, we needed to make money. In order to make money, we need to get more cars, fix them up, and get them out of here. Oh, (laughs) okay. I see what you're up to. So your grandfather gave the idea of you got to have some income stream to play with your hobby. So get old cars, fix them up, and sell them, make a few dollars, put that towards the next car. Okay, so you you basically were doing a restoration business. Uh, Kind of, but we mainly do do Jeff Stump cars, all of his cars. Now, what kind of cars did you say? I'm sure you have heard of Jeff Stump for the Great Race. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought you said yeah. dressed up, and I went, Dress, <laughs> dressed up cars, what are those? <laughs> These are all of his cars. Okay, I got you, absolutely. Well, this is very cool. I love this. And so your grandfather was not only teaching you skills and a trade and a passion, but also the important part of a passion or any life thing is how to make a few dollars so that you can do what you want to do, right? Yeah. Okay, I love it. This is very cool. Now, I know you worked with Travis Levine, and was it his wife uh, I mentioned at the beginning that you worked with uh, as a little bit of a a project? That was his sister. His sister. Okay. So you worked with her, and out of this, sounds like you're going to have a job, an internship this summer, actually, and then a job when you graduate. So what are you looking forward to? And tell us a little bit about Levine and the Levine restoration business. I am really looking forward to becoming part of the team. And while I'm there, I look forward to learning as much as possible so I can make my own stuff and put my own spin on my own vehicles. Nice. Do you know what kind of things you'll be doing? Um, Not for certain, but I will definitely be in metalworking and the mechanics. Well, that's very cool. Well, what were you doing uh, with his sister? Because I've seen you post some things on LinkedIn. And in fact, I believe I saw a post today of a center console that you're building for this truck of yours, right? Yes. Okay. Well, maybe we start there with the truck. What What is this truck? This truck has been a handful. (laughs) (laughs) 
It is a 1979 F-150 Super Cab long bed. Okay. And why did you pick that? What is it about a truck that makes you want to spend all this time and money working on, on that particular truck? I love big vehicles, and this one stood out to me. And it's just something about it. It has that stance that you just couldn't resist. And <laughs> it had some problems, but that's how I knew that it was perfect for me. It's It'll take take some time to fix it. Yes, and it has. <laughs> but just something about it kind of like clicked. I was like, this is it. A lot of people go to say like your automotive dealers. They find a new car that fits their family. This truck, I felt like fit me. I'm a little sh- so I had to be a grease pedal. <laughs> so. I understand. Yeah, big big truck for a petite lady. Uh, my daughter's like that. She's like five foot one. And uh, same with my wife. They're they're very petite, so driving big vehicles is a bit of a challenge. But they know the struggle. Yeah, they know the struggle. Yeah, and I know the struggle because when I go to get in my wife's vehicle and I don't put the seat back, I immediately get squished between the seat and the steering wheel. So I always have to remember to put the seat back before before I get in the car. I'm not that big, but yeah, but uh, yeah, part of the struggle for sure. So this you're doing some custom work to this thing because the center console I saw on your LinkedIn page. Looks very, it, it was it, that wasn't what was originally in the truck, is it? Oh, no. What yeah. was in the truck was two bench seats. Okay. One in the back, folded down, and one up front. And I was just, I was like, this is not going to work. So when we go back to the restoration shop and what you're going to be doing, hopefully they won't put you just on rivets. Uh, like your grandfather did. But it sounds like they're going to give you a lot of opportunity to do a lot of different things. And after the internship, then you'll come back and do your senior year in high school, and then you'll go to work for them. So uh, congratulations on that. I mean, how many seniors in high school land a job a year before they graduate? Think too many. Here you have a lot of people that just go to trade school to weld. That's mainly what Tennessee is, is a bunch of blue-collar workers. Well, when you think ahead to your career path of restoration is it old car restoration that really intrigues you that you want to do or uh because i'm assuming and i don't know a lot about levine restorations but i'm assuming they're not just a collision repair facility not technically they do a lot of everything they do old cars hot rods you name it it's in there they can also Say if you if everything else is done correctly to Levine standards, then they won't touch it. If you just want it for a paint job, then they will do it for a paint job, providing everything else is stable. Okay. So you'll get your hands on a lot of different things, learn a lot of different skill sets just in your internship, and then that will proceed after uh, after high school. Now, I mentioned in the introduction, you and your grandfather built this shed, and you're working on a bunch of different cars. Can you talk about some of these different cars? Because it sounds like uh, he's got a bit of an eclectic taste when it comes to old vehicles. <laughs> yes. Currently, we have, a, we have two cars of Jeff Stumps, which is a 1928 Marmon L. And this car... We, we, whenever we received it, it was completely gutted, no interior, and falling apart pretty much. So we completely gutted it, and they said it was ready to run, but we're still, to this day, fixing all the mechanic issues. That's an old car. Oh, yes. I think this is the oldest we have went so far. Wow. Well, this is pretty fascinating. 
And the fact that you're working on something so old, I would imagine there's a, a big learning curve here of how the car looked in its day, where you're going to take it, and all of that. And, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit, too, while we're together here about your relationship with the RPM Foundation, because they're a charity of choice here. Can you talk a little bit about how you got associated with them and then what's going to be happening with the great race? It's actually a kind of funny story. We bought one of Jeff's Jeff's cars, a 1929 Marmon Roosevelt. We I'd spent most of my time polishing, getting this car absolutely perfect and so ready so we could take it to Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. While Pop, while my papa was there, he ran into Kevin Jackham, which is the representative for RPM. He told him all about it, and he gave me a phone call. My papa called me one day while I was coming in from work. And he was so excited to tell me about McPherson because that's what he heard was a college that was for automotive. And then come to find out it was something a whole lot bigger. And so I reached out to RPM. Nick replied. And after a 30 minute, after a 30 minute Zoom call, I was offered a navigational spot on the Great Race. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. Well, for the you regular listeners, you'll know Nick Ellis, uh, who's the executive director of RPM Foundation. He's been a, a guest on the show here, and Jeff Stumpov has been a guest as well. So we've got a whole bunch of Cars yeah alumni, and now you're you're part of the team. So this um, this adventure you're going to have at the Great Race, how do you see or, or the X Cup? I guess part of the Great Race. How do you see that playing out? What what will, will your job be as a navigator? I will be in charge of routing the team to the specific checkpoints to get aces and pretty much getting our team to the finish line on time. Where is the Great Race starting this year and where is it ending up? It is starting in St. Augustine, Florida and ending in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Wow. Quite a drive. You know, for you listeners, if you don't know a lot about the Great Race, look it up. Uh, It's quite amazing. It's been running for a long, long time. And I understand, uh, let's see, I had them on my show, I think it was last year, two young women were winners of the great race. Yes, Kenzie and Olivia, they are coming back this year as the drivers. Wow. All right. Well, they've, they're a force to be contended with, but, you know, they've been doing that in the back since they were in the back seat of their parents' car who ran that race. So I think they had the advantage of seat time, as they say. Those two are dynamos. That is correct. (laughs) Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about inspirational people in your life, mentors. I'm kind of guessing I know the answer to this. Uh, Your grandfather, you affectionately call him your papa, which I love because that's what we all called my grandfather. Um, Was he really or has he really been the most influential person in your life? He has supported me in every way possible and Pretty much my entire family and my best friend who has helped me through some of the doubt and disbelief that I had myself. And they just pushed me and inspired me to do better and made me believe in myself. Well, you're so fortunate to have those members of your friend and family in your in your uh, life uh, to help push you along. And the fact that it seems like you've always had a love for fixing things and working on things and repairing things, uh, that they encourage that. And look where it's going to take you. When you look ahead to your 
your career? Is that where you want to be, let's say, for the next, at least the next, I know sometimes it's hard to look way down the road, but at least the next five years is work in a restoration facility? This is exactly where I wanted to be. I've always wanted to do something like this, just never found the right place to do it or pretty much how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's great. Uh, very fortunate at this young age to have that figured out because a lot of people at your age, they have no idea what they want to do and, and they're really struggling with it. So you're very, very fortunate. But I have a feeling you know that, especially having the, the love and affection and support of people around you. I also like to talk about challenges, and all of us face challenges at some point in our life, whether young, old. Uh, Hopefully, you'll have many more because challenges will push us. They help us learn, and when we look back on them, even though the time we went through them perhaps wasn't so great, we can look back and say, I'm glad I had to deal with that because it taught me something. Is there something in your life so far that has been a challenge like that that you look back on and say, okay, that was a great lesson? I think the biggest challenge for me was letting people get to my head. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe you can elaborate on what that means a little bit. All the traditional people would always think that women should not be in a man's industry. And that really got to me, and that's where I lost faith, saying, oh, maybe I should just go stick to something more feminine. Because I've always been raised to be myself, and I was was raised, to be, how should I say this, more, to be more independent. There you go. There's a good word. Yeah. So I, I think this is pretty common, although having spoken with so many people over the last nine years and hundreds of women who have, are very successful in the automotive world, I think it's changing. And I get that. I mean, you think about, come on, this day and age, why would men think that women shouldn't go into any field? If they're smart enough and talented enough and want to work hard enough, they should be. But there's still that stigma that's attached to it. And I've heard this from several women who've been on the show. And I would ask you this. What would be, since you've figured it out and you know what you want to do and you've pushed through that, what would be your advice to another young woman who's facing the same kind of head messing, (laughs) I guess we should call it? (laughs) (laughs) What works for me is... I just played music, tuned everyone out, and tuned into my own world and worked and worked so I can prove to myself that I can do this and prove to them that I will do this no matter what they say. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, It's a great story. Uh, I'll tell you, Betty, my wife dealt with the same thing. She was an engineering major in school. There were very few women in college back in the day that were doing that. And she went into uh, civil engineering uh, where she works on designing roadways and bridges and uh, water systems and things like that. And it was she was in an office where there was all men and she got a lot of pushback. Uh, from that. Luckily, her boss was very supportive and he just said, you know what? You're very smart. Dazzle them with your brilliance. And that's what got her through some of the difficult times she got through. She's super smart, way smarter than me, that's for sure. And she uh, she kind of pushed her way through in a nice way. You know, you can go about it being offensive and uh, verbose and nobody really likes that, but she did it in the way that you talked about, working hard, proving herself to herself first to get rid of those self-doubts, and then to show others that she was smart. So you're on a very good track, very mature for someone your age. So my hat's off to you. Bravo for for learning that lesson. That's really, really, really great. Important. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So we already talked about kind of a bucket list of where you want to be. You're already on a path for this, which is great. I want to talk a little bit more about 
a special vehicle in your life. And would it be that long bed truck that you're working on? Is that your special vehicle in life right now? That would be, yes, because of how we had to get it. Oh, yeah? How was that? We have a 76 S350 Super Duty diesel. That truck has been our farm truck for I don't know how long. And it's had some issues, yes. So we had to go one morning to go get it, to go get my truck. And the injector driver module, which is also known as the IDM, kept skipping. And we didn't know what it was. So we turned back around. And as if I remember correctly, this was about a almost two-hour drive, four hours with the trailer and the truck because we are nothing but mountains. Yeah. And so we had to turn back, and we got to the house the next day. I fixed it, and it turns out it was not the injector driver module making it skip. It was the injector harness, and it took me almost all day to scrape off the burnt stuff from the engine, and it, it was a pain in the butt. Then we, <laughs> the, the next day, we left out. We went to go get it again, and then we had a little bit of technical issues getting it on the trailer because we had absolutely no winch. Oh, no. That's a big, heavy truck, too. Yes, and we had to try and drive it up there, even though the piston was completely shot and shaved the inside of my engine. Oh, ouch. Yes. that, that That was something, and... Not to mention, it almost fell off the trailer. Well, you learned a lot through this process, right? Yes. Do not take big trailers and trucks into small towns. Into small towns, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, these are all great stories to tell. And when you finally get that truck to the point where you're you're happy with it and you go, okay, I did all this work and it's done and shiny paint and everything's finished, these can all be great stories to go back and look on and tell. I would say. I will definitely be happy that I won't be throwing a wrench at it every five seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop throwing. Maybe, you know, maybe you need to be a little nicer so it doesn't push, <laughs> push back so hard, you know? Just a little maybe. just a little tip for you. So I'm going to be your car psychologist here and crawl into your head a little bit. If you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle. Now, this isn't what you want to be, Betty. This is how you perceive the lady in the mirror, who you are. What kind of car or what car would you be? But more importantly, why? I would say the truck that we have, which is a 96 S350 Super Duty, because it's broken but not dead. You could put me through anything, <laughs> but I'm still reliable. And I hate the cold weather, but I love to work. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Broken but not dead. So always fighting back. Yes. I like it. Good spirit. That's really nice. Is there a great book that you've read that you'd like to share? It could be a car book, could be a could be a work on a vehicle book, or could be anything, fiction, nonfiction? Um, I don't read. I have my papa, my best friend, and Google for that. <laughs> so they tell you the stories, right? Yes. I see. Very, very cool. Well, uh, there must be, you know, maybe there's some... Um, I mean, do you guys get into using manuals to working on vehicles? There's so many great resources that way. Or how, how are you, are you learning all this from your, your papa or how do you, YouTube videos? Or, I mean, how do you learn all this stuff? I hear it from my papa, which he gets it from YouTube websites. He's on a few websites where they communicate with 
uh, people who have old cars, and we have the Marmon book, which has every single Marmon in there you could find. But the only thing is, it is so out of order, you'll find one from a 38 Marmon next to, let's say, a 1920 Marmon in the same paragraph. I see. It is out of order. Well, you're certainly learning a lot of things, and it's great that you have, have your, your papa there to teach you all this stuff. So here's a wonderful idea. When you graduate next year, you give me a call, and I'm going to provide you with or enable you to go on the ultimate drive. And here's what this means. I'm going to give you any vehicle in the world. I'm going to park it in your driveway. You can take it anywhere you want. And here's the key. You can take anybody with you, even somebody from the past is no longer with us. So it could be a historical figure. could be a certain, a certain friend. could be your papa. But what does the ultimate drive look like for you? I would definitely choose a 66 Corvette Stingray. I would I would take my dearly departed nanny. She was my rock and everything, and she absolutely loved the coast, the islands, anywhere. So I would travel across the state against the coast so she could see the beach. Very nice. Oh, that would be great. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, and a 66 Corvette Stingray. Now, just when I thought you were a, a country girl with a truck, you throw a 66 <laughs> Stingray in my lap. This is very interesting. So so you do have an affinity for old sports cars, too. I love American Muscle. I love anything aggressive look. I love it all. All right. I love that. That's really great. Cool. I have a saying that is, if it rolls on rubber, I love it. So <laughs> there you go. Cool. Betty, you have taken us on a fun little journey, and I'm very excited that uh, to have young people on the show here that kind of give us a, a picture into what the future's like, especially in the car hobby and the collector car hobby. Now, before I let you go and have you leave us with some parting thoughts, I do like to ask young people this, because we're seeing something happening in the car industry right now that I've never seen in my entire life, and I've been around for a while. I am a grandpa, too, although my little guy is all about to turn two here, but uh, so I I don't have quite the wisdom that your papa has as far as time. However, what's your opinion on the electric vehicle world that is being brought to us? I was going to say shoved down our throats, but I won't set that term. I'll just say brought to <laughs> us and how fast these cars are coming. What are your thoughts about EVs? I do not like them, partly because I hate anything electronic, <laughs> car And I just think we're not ready for that kind of technology. Mm, I see. Well, it's certainly not uh, as fun as old classic cars, although I've had some guests on the show that are taking old cars and putting EV power plants in them, which some say are sacrilege. Others say, well, this is kind of an interesting way to do it. But you're right. Uh, I think you're an analog kind of lady, huh? Yes. Okay. I love it. Well, before I let you go today, could you share some maybe parting words of wisdom, uh, a success quote or a mantra with us? I have two things for Anyone with long hair out there, make sure it's not dried out because when you're welding, it catches on fire. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. First time ever, anyone's ever offered that success. You know, it's it's really important. I've seen some horrific things where people's long hair have gotten caught in drills and machinery and things. Yeah. Uh, tie your hair yeah. up and put it back if you got hair. Now, I don't have that problem because I've got no hair, so it's not going <laughs> to happen to me. But, okay, that's interesting. It can catch on fire. I did not know that. It, it, it'll happen. <laughs> But my main 
main thing is don't let people knock you down because of your gender or who you are or where you come from. Don't let the hardships or what you've been through or the negative people or things define you. You are who you are because you are so much more. You could do so much more, too. Ah, wonderful. I love it. Nicely said. So is there a way people can follow along with you? Do you play in the social media world at all? Yes, I currently have an official uh, official profile on LinkedIn. You could find me at Betty Parrish, B-E-T-T-Y-P-A-R-R-I-S-H. Very nice. You know, this is another great thing, Betty. LinkedIn. The fact that I didn't hear what I thought I was going to hear. Well, probably not from you because I've kind of gotten to know you a little bit through your, your grandfather, but is... Okay, not going to deal with the uh, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, or the TikToks or all that. You're going right to the professional site, LinkedIn. You're a very smart young woman, uh, and my hat's off to you for that. I think that's very, very cool. I want to do a shout-out. Thank you to your papa, Stefan. He's the one that got Betty and I together today. I can tell this guy really, really adores you, loves you, supports you. You're very, very fortunate to have him in your life, but I pretty much figure you already know that but uh stefan thank you for connecting us today and betty lou thank you for for being the hope and the light of the future of the car hobby for all of us old guys and old gals that uh, are hoping that the young people today bring this forward you're a true inspiration not only to the car hobby but to young people as well so i want to thank you for taking time today until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road I would like to shout out Penny Miller from Orion Paint. She is one of my sponsors for my truck. I would like to shout out Grace Hackenberg. She is my main mentor who has got me started on LinkedIn. And Travis Levine and everyone at Levine Restorations. They do a wonderful job, and I would like to thank them for taking me in. Yeah, definitely, Levine. In fact, I'm going to have to have him on my show uh, to promote what he's doing. But really great of you folks at Levine of uh, having a young person in your shop, giving them an opportunity to excel and to do this. I've talked to a lot of people on the show that own shops that are trying desperately to find people to work for them, and they just can't do it. So uh, very smart people you're working with. But that's another thing, Betty. You surrounded yourself with very positive, smart people. That's one of the keys to success. So you are on your way, young lady. I hope someday our paths cross. But again, thank you for spending time with me today. This was great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!